Oh, hey, it's that dumb Aphrium that fell on the ground and split in half and attracted a troop of fruit flies. <laughs> We're your hosts, Elizabeth and Isabel. Welcome to Advocado, an advocacy podcast by youth for all. Today's episode topic is part two of our saga and voting age. <laughs> I don't know why she put saga there, but... Yeah, me either. Maybe I was thinking Twilight. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks to Allie Ward for the intro, and as we're recording this, it is September 30th, 2020, International Podcast day yeah happy international podcast day quick shout out to some of our favorite podcasts welcome to night vale ologies dr death the daily <laughs> dr death oh it's medical really murders yes medical murders alistair and that doctor uh, small town murder something i discovered yesterday okay literally i've been in a murder podcast recently okay but my thing is i have to listen to it before 6 p.m or else it gets really scary because <laughs> it can't be dark out when you listen to a murder podcast if you're a scaredy cat like me so i found a podcast called solved murders so you don't have to leave them hanging, right? Like, you, they solved this. It's pretty cool. Um, podcast. In short, happy um, International Podcast Day. We listen to way too many podcasts. Listen to, listen to a podcast today, or at least yeah. part of an episode. Well, well you're listening to bad. our podcast if you're listening to this right now, so oh, thank yeah. you. Isabel's got some logic. Also, we're in a big room today, and also there's, like, three people over there listening to us, and I don't think they like us, but... We just waved <laughs> at them, by the way. <laughs> They're all waving enthusiastically. All right. Um, anyways, so to start off the episode, um, we're going to go pick up from where we left off last week and go into the MLAs and MPs that Elizabeth interviewed last year. Um, I didn't really interview them. I emailed them emailed aggressively and they had to email back because they're serving the public. And uh, some other opinions of our people around us. If you didn't know, we live in Canada, so MPs, MLAs. I think we state that every episode, even yeah, the I first think episode. You know what, we're proud. I'll just go into the opinions of some of our classmates, um, and we ask their permission. We have their, we can use their names and everything. So um, first, our one of our teachers said that kids are not ready and not mature enough to vote at the age of 16, but our take on this is how do you decide, how do you decide when they're old enough like how is how do you know that two years makes such a large difference because you already have so many things you can do at 16 and we mentioned this in the last episode such as you can get a job you can um stop school you can legally get emancipated you can drive there's so many things you can do um so i don't know but there i mean there are 16 year olds that are definitely not mature enough but I don't know if it would be enough to sway the vote, and I know Elizabeth has her own opinions on this, so uh, we'll probably come back to this. Um, okay, so the first email I'm going to read is from my MP. So he works... Okay, we just went over this in social today. He works in the Parliament, House of Commons, represented... No, represents the voters in his constituency. So what I wrote... Why don't, why don't I read it? Dear MP, stated name... As a constituent currently attended, attending junior high school and a future voter who lives in your riding, I would like to understand your perspective on the current voting age in Canada. As a part of a genius hour project that takes place once a week at my school, Granby Heights, I was tasked with pursuing something I was very passionate about, and that is allowing youth to have their voices heard, especially through voting. Personally, I would like to see the voting age lowered to 16 in, in okay, state province. Um, the main opposition to this idea is that students will vote without informed decisions, but I think a lot of students in my school and my community are very well educated and opinionated when it comes to elections. I hope you will share with me some of your, some of your ideas on increasing opportunities for youth ages 16 to 17 to vote and participate in government or refer me to someone who is knowledgeable in this issue. Sincerely, my name. 
<laughs> and a week later, he responds, okay, to give you some context, this, I emailed on March 11th, 2020, and he replied on March 18th, so this, this was a week, so I guess that's pretty long um, compared to the first email I sent, which I think she replied in a couple of days. Anyway, here we go. He says, hi, and then my name. Thank you for taking the time to write to me. I always enjoy hearing from my constituents, especially young people. Really sorry for the delay in response. Have been focused heavily in my role as... Okay, maybe I shouldn't state the role, because then you know exactly who he is. Um, on COVID-19, but wanted to get back to you as quickly as I could. I've thought a lot about lowering the voting age over the years. I personally got involved in politics at a young age, and I have many volunteers who are in high school and even junior high like yourself. I think it's great to see that participation, and will always encourage you young people to get involved civically. You do raise a lot of really good points. I think that it is some that this is something worthwhile to debate in Parliament at some point as I'd love to hear the pros and cons to this from cons to this from all areas of the country. I'd be open to supporting it if I could be convinced that as you state, enough people aged under eighteen are informed. So as you can see from this statement, his exact point is people under 18 are not informed not enough people at least or not enough he's not convinced basically and i think that's the viewpoint of a lot of mps in parliament which is probably why um i think maybe we'll even do a three-parter in this because i just thought of something or maybe i'll add this at the end but as i was researching i know that senator ayanna presley i think maybe she's massachusetts i can't remember what pro um, state she represents in the u.s but she did um introduce a bill to i believe it was maybe the senate in the U.S. Um, to lower the voting age, and obviously it wasn't passed because you haven't seen it. So a lot of people, I'm gonna go dig up this fa facts on that. Maybe I'll put that in during editing. But yeah, so some bills have been brought up. It's just that none of them have been really considered seriously because, as I stated, they don't think people under 18 are informed. Um, back to the email. I suspect with social media like Twitter and Instagram, of which I hope, what, of which I'm very active on, many young people are more informed now more than ever. I hope you remain active in politics in our community. It's through involvement and engagement like this that we can all make a difference. Sincerely, sincerely, <laughs> sincerely, and then his name. So, basically, the point of this was like our teacher's point. People are not informed. So maybe we'll dig into how we can prove them. Well, we're gonna later in this podcast episode talk about things that wouldn't work. Yeah, and then we're and gonna one talk of those about, is a test. Um, a, po um, a possible solution to all the cons to decreasing the vote lowering the voting age to 16 or 17 years old um i think elizabeth has another yes i did some extensive research back in march this is january this is january <laughs> it's about just pointing out something um i've I wrote to my mla and she got my name wrong love that okay anyway this i wrote on january 23rd and she responded on january, january 29th so yeah okay here we go I basically wrote the same thing that I wrote to the other guy. Yeah, so you don't really, I don't, I'm not going to waste my time reading that, or waste your time reading that again. Um, so she says, name, thank you very much for reaching out to my office and for your interest in how we can reform our democracy to engage more young voters. I agree wholeheartedly with your statement that a lot of students in the community are very well informed on the issues and it sounds like you are one of them. Oh, also another thing I emailed her that I didn't email the other guy was the suggestion that um, a waiver or something like that should be signed by the guardians of a student to allow them to vote. So she, we'll get into what she said about that. So she says, I believe that your suggestion to lower the voting age to 16 has a lot of merit and warrants for further consideration. So here we go. And the other idea of we are not, sm 
informed enough to vote. Studies have shown that people who vote for the first time when they are very young tend to be reliable voters later in life. Yes, they do. Um, this suggests that a lower voting age could have the effect of increasing voter turnout in elections, something which I believe would be a very good thing. I'm less certain about your suggestion to allow parents or guardians to decide whether young people in their care should be allowed to vote. If we are prepared to extend voting rights to 16-year-olds, then I believe that rights should not be conditional on someone else's approval. And I t we totally, well, I don't know if Isabel agrees, but I totally agree with that. No, I agree with yeah. that because, like, especially what if, we went into this last yes, episode, but what if your parents only sign the waiver if you say you'll vote for a certain party that they... Uh, support. Yeah, because if, if they're like really non-green people and you're over here like, and they know for sure you're going to vote for the Green Party, maybe they're just like, yeah, no, we're not going to give you the right. Then that's not fair to the youth. So she's got a point there. Questions like these are, of course, why there needs to be a broader debate, but it is a debate that I would very much like to see happen. The first step is to talk to your friends and peers, see what their views are on the issue, and potentially start a letter-writing campaign to the Premier with those who agree with you. I encourage you to reach out to ML. Okay, this MLA person. Oh, you know what she says at the end. Please also considering, please also consider following me and my colleagues on social media. And she puts her link for Facebook. Okay, then she says thank you again for writing and your interest in engaging in a democratic process. And it's nice that they both responded with decent information, but it's kind of disappointing that. I mean, I guess when you're a representative in a pretty high seat and you've seen so many things like this woman right here that I just read from she's a lawyer um and there are lots of other issues in Canada like COVID-19 happened right after this nobody really cares about voting when there's things like COVID-19 oh, global pandemic yeah it's, it's like, a more mm, pressing concern at this yeah point. maybe just a little bit so that's where those standpoints are and then we're going to talk about some opinions of oh also foreshadowing our um episode four or five once we finish this voting um, segment of our podcast. It'll be on COVID-19 and how the government has dealt with it and how we feel about it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. But anyways. Opinions of classmates. So basically, we've interviewed our class and they have some very different opinions on them. Um, okay, so I already went over our teacher's opinion quickly while Elizabeth was loading <laughs> the emails. So yeah. we can start with our first classmate. His position was that he wants to either lower or keep the voting age the same. I remember when I talked to this student like, last year, he was very adamant that the voting age should stay the same or be increased, I think he said. And <laughs> obviously that's a very different viewpoint than ours. So I guess over time, if you just talk to your peers and people that are close to you, I guess their opinions can change as you bring up more valid information. And I guess maybe this is the point, part of the point of our um, advocacy. Podcast. Um, yeah, in this episode especially, because maybe if you're thinking about this topic and you start to develop more, inf um, find out more information, maybe your opinions will change. So um, we have a class, uh, three classmates here, in fact, the people who are at the co other corner of the room to uh, state <laughs> their opinions on voting. So first we have Ahalia. So what's your opinion on the voting age and whether it should, do you think it should be lowered? My opinion is that the voting age should be lowered because one reason is that 16-year-olds have and adequate knowledge on politics and political parties and sometimes they even learn those topics at school and that makes them sometimes even more educated than adults who might not be doing any research before going out and voting. Yeah, so that was Ahalia's statement. Um, obviously very similar to what we believe 
second person is, do you want to introduce yourself? Okay, I'm Carrie, and I think that the voting age should be lowered because that would increase voter turnout, and also there's, I agree with the Halia in that there's nothing to say that 16-year-olds and, like, people who are um, younger of age are, like, less informed because they also learn about these things at school, and they have a, they bring a different opinion to, um, the table. Exactly. So those are like some of the most important points on our side um, compared to kids being informed. Thank you, Carrie. Um, yeah, so when our MLAs and our MPs say, oh, you're not informed, well, like Carrie said, we can bring a lot of different perspectives and we can increase voter turnout. We can do all these kinds of things that older people might not be able to do and might be important for the future. So I think we're probably going to do a podcast episode on climate in the future mm-hmm. as well, and that's where voter turnout is very important, especially from youth, because there's a lot of older people who, <laughs> okay, to put it bluntly, they're not going to be around in the next five decades. Um, and so, of course, they don't feel that much importance in climate change. But for youth like us, it's super, super important that we... Um, and we're not making generalizations here. We're just saying that, like, certain people may not, like, their their opinions may not be truly thinking about, like, generations and generations into the future, like, the future that we will be living in. Exactly. Um, anyways, the third classmate, I don't know if she, like, wanted to actually have her voice on the podcast, but her opinion was that um, voting age should stay the same because even two years um, between 16 and 18 makes a difference. And she has a brother, and she said that he has maturity issues. So, so yeah, that's her viewpoint on it, which is honestly pretty valid because I guess mm-hmm. the science still says that... Um, when you're under 25, like, your brain's still developing. So I, I guess, guess there's a lot you can learn between 16 and 18. And I guess that's why, like, the drinking age, um, smoking age a lot higher is than 18. And I, I don't like, think... like, what, 21 or 22? In the U.S., yeah. Not but um, in Canada, it's 18. And there's, yeah, I don't I don't suggest lowering that age, but... Yeah. yeah. That, maybe, no, because that has physical effects on you. Yeah. Like, you, like, we were talking about, we were talking about, like, cigarettes and you know how cancer people under 18 can have cigarettes and like right? liver yes yeah, so isabel in class brings up this point that government makes laws why because you can't have a whole generation of youth smoking and then having lung problems 50 years and then the whole healthcare system has to deal with that problem and money or whatever right but voting is super super important because it's not like going to require money in the future if anything it's just going to may have a better impact on the future mm-hmm. another comment we had from some people well they I guess you were all along the same lines like youth have other rights um and there are issues like climate change affect them more than older people yeah that that was the bulk of the opinion I think um also like I don't know if you have um wherever you live um you know about this or you have this but there's this thing called student vote and it's basically a mock election where um I think it's grade six and up have the chance to vote, and it doesn't actually count in the election, but yeah. it's just to see how um, proportion- proportional it is to the actual election and to teach kids how to vote when they're older. So these are kids um, in Canada, grade six is like 12 years old. So 12 to 15 kids, 15 year old kids, probably 17 also, going to the library and voting in their schools. Uh, we have a few more opinions, I think four more. So basically, um, 
one of our classmates that said that it should be lowered because a lot of 16 to 17 year olds are not allowed to quote truly voice their opinions and it's important for younger generations to be able to influence the world and I think we went into this um, a few minutes ago um, how it's important that the people who are going to be the lawmakers and the politicians in the future generations or the future coming years um, should have a say currently. Anyways, uh, we had a very interesting, I think this was our most interesting uh, response to our question um, of whether voting age should be lowered. Um, he said that you uh, should lower it to 16 years old because you can, quote, divide people into several categories, the people who do care, the people who do not care, and then the people who will not care will not vote, and the people who joke vote will not make up a large amount of the population yeah. that is significant enough to sway the vote. Hey guys, it's Editing Elizabeth, and in this part of the episode, we're just going to talk about the Rhino Party, just to give you some context. I was looking into this after our last episode, and a reason people vote for joke parties like the Rhino Party is because they get so frustrated with the politicians of each party they just, that they get that they just decide to vote for a joke party because they don't like any of the options. Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, that's honestly kind of ma- immature. Like, I, I don't... That's pretty immature yeah, I don't know for an adult best for option. For an over 18-year-old to yeah. be voting for something because they're frustrated. Like, your vote is your voice. It's your say. It's something you get to give. But it's not something... Like, first, you should not be voting. Like, you need to be voting. But second, you need to put it in the right place. You know what? Choose the lesser of the two evils. Look at Trump and Biden, Right? There are people who don't support either, but they need to make a decision because they want their voice to be heard. And so at that point, there's always there's always differences in the party's like, stances. So you need to choose. You can, can't just pick um, the rhino party. In the 2016 election, there was a large population of the po- um, there were a large percent of the population that decided not to vote because they didn't like either candidate. Yes. I'm not sure if this was the responsible thing to do. Um, and then they might not be happy with the current president. Um, and then now they might vote for um, Biden instead of Trump. Um, but I don't know. I think if they, they could have prevented a lot of things. Or there could have been a different outcome. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe for the better or for the worse. Not sure. But if someone else had be ele- been elected, if they had just gone to vote for whatever they considered the lesser of the two evils. Okay, so we now we have a section that's just <laughs> two things that wouldn't work for, for introducing a younger voting age. So the first thing is a test. So Isabel's just going to explain that a bit. Uh, so basically, um, there's driving tests you can take in um, different parts of Canada. The ages are different. Um, for example, in Newfoundland, it's 16 years old. In Alberta, it's 14 years old. Um, BC, it's uh, 16, I th- I'm pretty sure. But anyways, you can get a learner's license. Class 7 GDO. Yeah, for um, driving. And then, so we were thinking... Why not a test for voting? Also, side notes, you can um, get certain jobs at certain ages. For example, at 16, you have to be 16 to get certain jobs and work for certain hours. But anyways, we were thinking, wouldn't it make sense for voting to be the same? So you would have a test. Um, if you're homeschooled, you would take it in school, like another homeschool test. Or if you're going to school in person, then you would ha- um, Online or just take it 
with your class in school um, on basic political knowledge, just how like democracy works, how our government is um, formed, the different the different political parties and what they generally stand for, and how to vote. You'd be like a MIPI. So if you don't know what a MIPI is, it's just like a standardized testing at the local municipal level. Or another situation could be that if you had either a driving license or a job and we're 16, then you could vote because you've shown that you have some responsibility. Like, come on, like, we both have our class of a GDL. Okay, so I have a bit of a tangent. I go off on a bit of a tangent here, but now we're just going to talk about why a test would be not a good idea for the voting age. Like, we were thinking, like, what if you're ready and for some reason you fail the test? I don't know, maybe you're sick or you have an off day or you just don't really see the importance in you, but you still want to vote. Or what about bias from people who write yeah, the bias test? Bias is a like, big thing because yeah. there's a lot of racial inequalities in Canada and the U.S. So, like, is there going to be bias? Or, like, like, how are we going to test? Is, every, is it going to be accessible by everyone? Because there's a lot of schools that are less fortunate than ours. Kids, like, don't come from very affluent families. So they don't have Chromebooks, so they don't have technology, or they don't have resources. And that's not really fair for them, because they still want to vote, but it's not their fault they don't have Chromebooks or something. And um, if this happened, and it caused a problem for minorities, it would be like um, the saying, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and that would not be a good solution yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, that just creates a lot of other problems. Yeah, that's, like, that's then, just then people would be like, oh, why are we working on the voting agenda? We could wor- be working on inequalities. Mm-hmm. Which I agree, but part of solving... The idea of racial inequalities and climate changes has, like, it's directly tied to voting. I was and listening to, to a podcast the other day. Exactly. I was listening to a podcast the other day called How to Save a Planet, Dr. Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson and Alex, I think. Um, basically, they were talking about how the idea of racial inequalities and, you know, Black Lives Matter has to do with climate change. And they were basically saying, like, we need to solve the idea of, like, the problem of um, racial inequality so these black people can be... I guess, I don't know, freed up to solve the like problem of climate change. Like, and I think this is the same thing. Like, youth are such a big source of unharnessed power. Like, we, we think very differently, and we have time to do this. Like, I mean, if you're an adult and you're listening to this, you probably have a 9-to-5 job, or at least, like, a lot of the adults I know have pretty long working hours, especially with COVID, and I gotta take the bus, be careful, whatever. Um... And their commutes are long, and they often they often don't even have time to read a newspaper or stay informed when they get home. But there's people like you. We learn this in class. We are always spending our I don't know I don't want to say we are always spending our time, but we spend a lot of time. And we're we're growing up as the world is changing, so that might make our viewpoints a lot different. Yeah, very different. Because you know when you're younger, I'd say like your opinions aren't as set in stone. It's easier to be influenced, which I guess is both a good and a bad thing. But I think in the context of voting, it might be a better thing because you might be more open-minded to different platforms. Exactly, and so the big picture, I guess here. Or the conclusion is that the situation of voting age is tied to racial inequalities and climate change and other current issues. If we involve a larger part of humanity in these issues, maybe we'll have a better outcome. Like, honestly, I think a lot of issues are tied to each other. Like, you tie COVID-19 to voting you can tie voting to racial inequalities you can tie racial inequalities to climate change and i could go on and on because all the issues in this world in the end we're all interconnected and i think we have to find solutions that work for a majority of this issues these issues yeah and in this case the majority is also satisfying the the youth that want to take part in this change 
Okay, so the second part of this voting dilemma that would not work, something I've already alluded to uh, earlier in this episode, is letting your parents give you permission to vote. So Isabel has basically already debunked this. Like, you can't do that. If they're neglectful or they don't care, um, they shouldn't tell you what to do. And also, we're dealing with not young youth. Like, we're dealing with 16, 17-year-olds. It's like if you want to get an abortion and you're like a teen mom, I guess it doesn't make sense because if you're getting an abortion, then you won't be a teen mom. Oh. But if you're going to get an abortion, you, you don't want your parents lagging around, like, telling you whether and or not. Like, you have the I cells in your body. You don't really want abortion is a whole an, another issue, and there's a lot, many different, like, laws and everything, different states and different provinces and everything about it. But, like, at 16, I'd say you have enough responsibilities to be able to... You should be able to make a decision no matter to vote or not. Yeah, yeah, so like my LLA was saying, like, your parents shouldn't be give the right. Like, if we're going to have that, it's supposed to be, it, it should be your right, and your right only. Their parent, Your parents already have their right, um, and we're fighting for you, not for them. Also, I've already stated this, but your parents could be biased and tell you um, to vote for a certain party, and... You might not be able to not listen to them, even though the vote is um, completely private. Exactly. So, in conclusion, something to think about is, what if we compromised to change the age to 17 years old? Or, I guess, or if we change it all the way to 16? Like, how do you feel like that? And if you don't live in Canada, what are the voting laws in your country? Would you change them or would you keep them the same? And then... Think about yeah. that, I guess. Um, there's no, like, episode. set solution, I'd say. Um, it, there's a lot of different compromises we can make. There's a lot of different um, options we have. But maybe if you have any ideas, you can send us um, a direct message on Instagram or a voice message if you're listening on Anchor or even a, an email at A-D-O-V-A-C-Y-O-P-E dia at gmail.com so advocacyopedia at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we'll include we might include your opinion in a voting episode update which will come up later maybe in a few months if we get enough opinions anyways the important thing to remember is that who no matter who you are where you come from what your age is whatever <laughs> you have a say in your government and if you live in a democratic country you have an even bigger say think about think about the people in i don't know the philippines they don't have rights they don't they can't say anything against their government they're being persecuted same with other people in other countries we are so so lucky to live in north america also this touches on something else and we're kind of going on on a tangent here but i promise is the conclusion we're getting close to the end if you have rights, you also have responsibilities. Your privilege comes with responsibilities. You can't just go and be an uninformed citizen and do whatever you like. There's laws and you, that you have to follow. There's certain levels of respect you have to follow. You're, you have a responsibility to vote. So basically, rights and responsibilities, very interlinked. Yeah, it's like you're in the grocery store. You're not going to take the bananas and leave. Like You're going to pay for them, and then you're going to leave. Otherwise, there will be consequences. Same with this. Mm-hmm. If you have the right to vote, but you don't use it, there's going to be consequences. Because if the person you didn't like, you disliked, is up there now as the prime minister, the president of your country, well, if you didn't vote, then that's your that's on you, that's on you if you didn't vote and you had the right to vote, and exercise your right to vote. There are, like I said, just be grateful for this right and understand that millions of people don't have it. Anyways, I think that's about it for this episode. Um, Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it, and stay tuned for next week's episode on 
freedom in COVID-19 and all about the pandemic. Anyways, see you. Bye. Okay, I was editing this episode and I found this clip of Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House in Congress in the U.S., I believe, backing lowering the voting age. So here you go. Myself have always been for lowering the, vote, the voting age to 16. I think it's really important to capture kids when they're in high school, when they're interested in all of this, when they're learning about government to be able to vote. And what Nancy Pelosi just said in this quick little clip really encapsulates everything we just this episode. So I hope you guys take something away from this. Also, next week's episode, spoiler, is going to be a little mini-sode on debate. So stay tuned for that. It's kind of sketch, but we hope you like it. Have a great day.